You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything is the Wednesday, October 27th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And, of course, we have so much to discuss. I, I sometimes feel, Chris, that three times a week is not nearly enough for us to discuss what's going on in both college football and the NFL. Uh, it's plenty for me and you for right now because, good gracious, we are we are slammed busy. But... Uh, but yes, there is much, much going on. We are going to dive into all of it. Uh, before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and give the rundown first so that we don't necessarily have to stop. Uh, the rundown, of course, go to winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. It's got everything that you need to know about us over there, where to subscribe to the show, uh, the podcast, YouTube feed, Twitch, etc. Go ahead and check all of those out. If you have not subscribed already, please do so. And... If you would, so kindly, please leave a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts and jump into the chat or comment on YouTube. That would certainly help us out. If you are watching the show this early, do us a favor, go ahead and like the video. That helps us out with algorithms and everything else. Uh, we are rapidly climbing towards 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. We would love to reach that mark before the end of the season. The goal was by like the end of bowl season, by national championship time, to getting towards NFL playoffs, all that, to hit 5,000. But now I, I think we can do it before that. So if you guys would subscribe and make sure and like the videos, that would help us out for sure. I do a college football show for BetUS. Chris does a college football show for Sportsbook Review. You can find the links to those down in the description. Just click the link and you can hit subscribe there. You can check them out. Uh, Chris, the thing is uh, that the SBR thing is still on Twitter, right? Yeah, it's only on Twitter right now. Still don't have the YouTube up. Okay, so yeah, the the Twitter account, uh, you, you can always find Chris's Twitter. It's at Chris B. Giannini. You can find me as well, at Gary WCE. Uh, but yes, if you cannot find those videos, 
you'll be able to find them over at Chris's Twitter account as well. Uh, they're on the SBR Sports Picks Twitter account. So go and check those out. Make sure and subscribe in the uh, in the link below. And, of course, the show is always brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It's America's top premier sports book. You can find all of their stuff at BetUS.com, but you can sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021. It's going to get you a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. And it is sportsbook exclusive. I tell you every week, it's an incredible deal. You need to take advantage of it. Go ahead and do that over at BetUS.com, where the game begins. Chris, the first item on the board today, Texas Tech has fired Matt Wells, and he was 13-17 and 17 in, uh, in his you know two and a half seasons or whatever. They are sitting currently at 5-3, and three, but they have got uh, the four big dogs left in the Big 12. They And I'm guessing that this was a – I will tell you this. From everything that I have heard, everything that I have read, this was just a bad relationship that never uh, materialized greatly uh, in his time there. It just never worked out well once he got to Lubbock. And although they are showing some signs of improvement, it does kind of suck that his star – his star, his transfer quarterback that came in that was supposed to be kind of the saving grace – came in and got hurt within the first few games, had to go back to a guy that wasn't exactly successful with him last year, and now, you know, we're, we're looking at who's going to be the next guy there. I I hate it for Wells, but he's a guy that had, had been at Utah State for, I mean, a decade and did really good things. Uh, before we get into candidates for this job, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on firing, you know, Wells, you know, halfway through his third season? Uh, it came as a shock to me. Like, I just, I wasn't expecting that, you know. I, I didn't see, you know, any, any signs of something of that happening. Um, you know, this team has been, we've talked about them. They've gone as, as this season has gone, which is inconsistent, as you can imagine. So, but I, I don't know that anything that I saw this year was fireable so far. That's that's kind of how I felt. I mean, they, they were 5-3. and three. They got a big win over Houston in, in week one. Uh, when Tyler Shuck was healthy. And, you know, they lost last week. They had a double-digit lead in that game and lost to Kansas State, who is a, a formidable opponent. Like, that's that's not something to scoff at to get beat by Kansas State. Yeah, but State. blowing the double-digit lead might be something to scoff at. Uh, yeah, it is, but it, even still, it's, you know, it, it's not something that I look at as, oh, that's fireable to lose by one to Kansas State. You know, it, it, I still feel like this team was improved and, you know, so it obviously, it was not the Kansas State game, per se. This was uh, obviously a relationship breakdown that just did not work. They are 2-3 and three in the Big 12 right now. Uh, they lost to Texas, gave up 70 points in that game. They won at West Virginia. Uh, then they come back, they lose to TCU. They beat up pretty good on Kansas, but almost everybody aside from Oklahoma does that. And, and then they lose by one to Kansas State, but here... You know, you've got Oklahoma, or you're on the road in Norman this weekend. You've got Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and at Baylor to close out the season. Odds are you will probably win one of those. Like, it just just going on baseline odds, my guess is that they would not win any of them, and they'll be 5-7 and seven again. And, and maybe this was a firing to just go ahead and get out in front of this thing, even if he does win one of these and end up getting them to a bowl game, and they they can tell the direction of the program is not good. Might as well go ahead and get him out of here, and let's get somebody that that we want 
in here. So uh, that's what I think is going on. Let's uh, let's go ahead and hit some of the names that are the candidates. And it, I, I'm I'm not going to say I'm well tied in, but I I know guys that cover the Big Twelve, and and I have talked to them, and what they have told me right off the bat was be looking for the Art Bryles tree because all of these boosters at Texas Tech, one, they want Art Bryles. I don't know that they can get away with it politically with the chancellor and everything else. We'll see. But Art Bryles is called one. And then from there, it's going to be, uh, do we do we want to go with Kendall Bryles, who is the OC at Arkansas, or Jeff Lebby, who is the OC at Ole Miss? And both of those guys are from that Browse tree. Jeff Lebby, of course, married to Art Browse's daughter. Both of them run kind of the same stuff. We saw what that game was between Arkansas and Ole Miss, 52-51. Those are the first three to me. And then aside from that, you've got, you know, another offensive guy in Sonny Dykes. You remember Spike Dykes, legendary Texas Tech coach. Uh, Sonny Dykes actually played baseball for the Red Raiders. And he's over at SMU right now. Would he want to leave Dallas? to go to Lubbock? That's a question. Uh, and then, of course, the last one that's that's been tossed around is Jeff Trailer over at UT San Antonio. Uh, or or maybe does Jeff Trailer have his sight on uh, on bigger jobs? Let's uh, let's roll through these. Tell me, first off, your thoughts on on the Bryles tree here. A- any one of those three, what do you think about that? Uh, you know my opinion on Art. I, you know, I don't, I don't think Art should be blacklisted from football forever, and I'd love to see him get another job. I, I know that that turns people off, and I know that that angers people. Ninety percent of those people don't know the full story of, of what happened there. They haven't spent any time actually looking into it at all. They just take what the media gave them uh, at first, and then they just assume that is gospel and is true, and that's how it's all played out. So, um, with that being said, that's my that's the guy I would love to see get another chance. Oh, for those that, but let me interrupt you here. Uh, for those that do not know, like let's just make it very clear: Art Bryles got paid his entire contract from Baylor. If he were to blame for any of this, there is no way that they pay him out his entire contract. He was a scapegoat. No, no, he's been fired for calls. Yes, yes. Bottom line. So uh, Kendall Bryles, I don't. I mean, do you think he's prepared to take over a P five job? Like maybe as prepared as uh, as Cliff was, right? Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know that I like either of those guys, but not see, that's a relative term. Do I like them? Yes. Do I like both of them? Absolutely. Do I think they're ready to run their own program as a P5? That's a, that's a, that's a big hill to climb. It is. It definitely is. But it falls right into what you were saying uh, just on the, the most recent show, the reaction show, where CEOs don't matter anymore. You have to hire a guy that is the play caller uh, in order to keep him around. And yeah. and both of those guys fit that mold. You know, Jeff Lebby and uh, and Kendall Bryles. Uh, Sonny Dykes is a very interesting one, of course, the ties to the school. Uh, you think he would have interest in, in leaving SMU? I mean, he's kind of building a, a juggernaut there, or does he stick around and wait and see if, if maybe SMU gets so an invite to the Big 12? Well, yeah, this is the interesting thing about that is I kind of think SMU is a better better job than Texas. I know that I'm going to catch the ire of Texas State people, but like the Big 12 is not what the Big 12 used to be anymore. Okay, how far off is the American from the Big 12? I, I don't think it's far at all. And and uh, you know the last couple of years, I don't think it's been far at all either. I will, uh, I will and tell now you this. you're losing Texas I, and Oklahoma with the boosters at SMU. I don't know. 
that he is going to to get a massive raise by going to Texas Tech. The only thing that would pull him there would be family ties, right? Yeah. Like, I, I fully believe that, that SMU could pay him whatever they want to or wh- whatever Texas Tech could. So I, right. I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh, Jeff Trailer, uh, while I love what Jeff Trailer is doing, he and he is super tied in with Texas high schools and everything else. I, I you you're always wary of the guy that came in and won right away with somebody else's players, right? And this yeah. was a Frank Harris built roster. I I'm a little wary of that, and and there's no there's no concrete. Uh, offensive system here it's just a really good really well coached football team that UTSA has right now and does that does that continue does that maintain uh you know I mean he's he's got lightning in a bottle right this second it, it looks like they're probably going to go 12-0 and 0. Uh, I say probably maybe they will go 12-0 and 0. it is set up for them to uh if he does that I mean somebody's going to come calling you you have to answer that call if you're trailer but I I mean if I'm Texas Tech I, I want something that's a little more less flash in the pan, right? That, that you kind of feel the same? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't think he's a bad hire, um, you know, but at the same time, I, I am weary of guys that have done it one year. Yes. Yes, that's exactly how I feel about it. Exactly how I feel about it. So, uh, with that, let's go on and move over to, uh, I guess, a, a similar topic. But let's let's go ahead and kind of rank the open college football jobs. We've already got six of them, and it's not even Halloween yet. Uh, I will go on and tell you my top six. I would imagine yours will align uh, relatively similarly. I'm going to go LSU number one. I'm going to go USC number two, and then Texas Tech over Washington State, and then Georgia Southern and UConn. Uh, that's I, I think that's the easiest way to do it. I guess the biggest question here. Uh, LSU or USC, the better job, and Texas Tech or Washington State, the better job. Uh, you, you've already kind of given your thoughts on on USC being a better job than LSU as far as it's easier to win there. Um, but also, I, I don't know that I think that anymore. I don't know that I think that anymore. Okay, okay. Let's uh, let's talk about this then. Uh, tell me, tell me your thoughts. Well, first off, we've got an administration at LSU that is now willing to pay. Um, an extreme price. So that, that has a lot to do with it. We're not losing uh, staff. You can hire anybody you want. Price will be no problem. Which um, means resources will be no problem, right? Yes. That, that's something that hasn't always been. Okay. So that's, that's new. All right. So that's, that's not something that I was expecting. And then just the recruit, like while it's so hard to win in the SEC, it, I just don't know how easy it's going to be to convince kids to want to play in the Pac-12 anymore. I tend to agree with that. I and I agree. also wonder this. Has the state of California, has Southern California lost its shine with uh, with football players, with high school kids? What is What does it have to offer people anymore? Because it's not the destination that it used to be. I mean, I- if you go to the downtown area, if you go to Hollywood, if you go to all these old famous places, I, I don't mean to sound heartless. I know I'm going to, but they are completely covered with homeless people, encampments to where all of the things were that used to be a fun thing to go do, you can't go do anymore. True, true. Uh, there's there's a lot to, I mean, we could, we could dive into this topic all day, really. Uh, 
But there are a lot of people that are moving out of the West Coast uh, due to a lot of the things that are going on politically over the last couple of years, first off. But this has been a trend for quite some time. Uh, on the West Coast, we've talked in the past about the number of high school, like D1 high school football recruits that come out of uh, the the California area, right? Uh, out of the West Coast and how it's kind of uh, started to diminish a little bit and you've got a lot more D1 prospects that are coming out of the Southeast. And, you know, while there is still a ton of talent out there, there's still a lot that's offered across the country and this is a global sport. Kids are not scared to go away from home anymore, uh, along with the fact that a lot of those kids from California that are recruits are are transplants anyway. So, you know, there's there's not that tie to home that there used to be. Everybody's moving everywhere all the time, it feels like. Uh, but at LSU, uh, you got guys in the state that grow up wearing purple and gold uh, that are all D1 prospects. So you, you got depth at LSU that you couldn't get at USC. Uh, however, I do think it is easier to win at USC if we just want to, you know, if we want to look at it as, as who do you play every year, uh, you're still going to have to play somebody in the playoff once you get there. So I don't I don't know which way is easier there, but um, how about Texas Tech and Washington State? You you still think Tech is a is better better job than Washington State? Oh yes, yes. You're in the state of Texas. The leftovers of recruits should be enough to compete in the Big Twelve and uh, and in the non-con games there um, outside of Washington State. So. Yeah, I kind of I kind of tend to agree. And then Georgia Southern, uh, just recruiting based, better than than UConn as of right now. So well, yeah, UConn one so, of the worst programs in the country. Yes, those are the six that are open. Now let's talk about who's coming open next, and we're going to run through very quickly uh, some of these hot seat positions right now. First off, uh, Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech. I mean, that seat is scalding currently. It is it is on fire. It is smoking. Uh, the fact that he is not out yet is a little surprising after losing three straight at home, including that last second touchdown or last minute touchdown to Syracuse. Uh, that one and and Manny Diaz at Miami, uh, he he kind of got the monkey off his back a little bit with the win over NC State. I don't know how much that helps considering the the kind of press tour that the AD at Miami went on last week. Uh, but those two that you know in the ACC. Yeah, you kind of feel like both are maybe gone at the end of the season, or or is it only Fuente? Well, Fuente's already gone. I think that's done. Um, the difference is some ads just off, and and I respect that and I understand that. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, but but no, there's there's zero doubt. I don't. If Fuente won out, it doesn't matter. I think he's still gone. Uh, Manny Diaz, on the other hand, if Manny Diaz wins out, I think Manny Diaz can save his job. Yeah, I think but so. I, do I mean, think he needs to win out. Yeah, I mean, and they—they they, everybody remaining on Miami's schedule aside from Pitt uh, has a losing record, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, uh, no, there's no reason they—they they need to prepare for Pitt. And if they can win out, which they should beat everybody else and beat Pitt, then I think he does save his job. He buys himself another. Year. I, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, it's he's only in his third season. Last year, COVID year, they got up to number seven in the country at one point. Uh, it was a little bit of a paper tiger. But, you know, they, he's still got a, a chance to do something there. Uh, Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Um, they, you know, this would be nothing on the field. I, I kind of get the sense that, you know, I mean, they go eight and four or something along those lines. Like, he's going to be perfectly fine because I think Arizona State is telling the NCAA – 
uh, screw you, we don't care. We're going to keep our guy. Hey, is that kind of the sense that you're feeling? Yeah, I do, and and I kind of like that. You know that. I just don't if, – if everybody just stops listening to the NCAA, what are they going to do? Uh, not much, apparently, because they have done nothing regarding this, and, and you called this. They, they have done nothing, and I don't expect them to do anything because there's going to be massive changes – after the vote, there's a vote coming in November. There's another vote coming in January. I don't know which one is in regards to uh, reorganizing the NCAA, but it's coming, you know, and we, we're going to figure out exactly what new rules will be and all kinds of different stuff. But uh, I don't anticipate Arizona State getting rid of Herm Edwards. Uh, going to the Big Ten, Scott Frost in Nebraska. Now, you know the the last loss the the loss to Michigan definitely hurts. They've got Purdue this weekend, and they are uh, pretty sizable favorites in in this spot against Purdue, which is shocking to me. But you look at who they've got remaining on uh, on their schedule, and I don't know. I don't know what he has to do at this point, or or is it just have they just shown enough that hey, this is we we got to get somebody new in here. We got to do something different. Um, if you look at Nebraska's schedule, they have, uh, let's see, they lost to Michigan, they lost to Minnesota. Now they've got Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I, I don't know that they win any of those. Um, now they could certainly grab one or two, but this is a team that's sitting at three and five right now. I don't think you're making a bowl game. You'd have to win three out of those uh, four. So I, I don't think they're going to yeah. get there. And, and if they don't, uh, what, I mean, what else can you do at this point? Well, nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think he gets fired. I think we're done, and I got no idea where they look. But I, I, I think you got to make a change. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Scott Frost will get another job somewhere else because he'll be able to explain this away as, oh, I just I couldn't get players in Nebraska and blah 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 blah. Um, which I don't know that I necessarily believe that, but but he'll be able to explain it away and he'll get him a G five job and he'll work his way back up. But but we'll see. In the SEC, Dan Mullen. I, I never would have imagined after winning the SEC East last year, finally getting the win over Georgia, that we would be in this position. But this is a all the numbers say that they are good. And and Chris, I don't think they're good. And I, I don't know how to fix it. Like I think he can get away with one more year if he fires Grantham. Is that about the only thing he's got left to do? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I can't figure this out either. I can't figure Florida out at all. Um, that's the most interesting one of all. I, I talked to – I hung out this weekend with an Ole Miss guy and a Mississippi State guy, okay? And those and three hung out and watched football all day Saturday, baseball Saturday. And we, we put together this bizarro world of Lane leaves for – some job that comes available, okay? Whatever it is. Okay. And, and Ole Miss calls Dan Mullen. <laughs> and, and Leach falls off a cliff next year, and Mississippi State calls you free. <laughs> and we get the band back together of the two most hated guys in the SEC, <laughs> but back in the Magnolia <laughs> State, bringing, bringing the piss and vitriol and hatred and anger back to those universities just with different jobs. My Lord, I, I don't know. I would pay I, money to get it. I'd pay money to get it, Gary. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, I would love to see it. 
I would love to see it, but I, I mean, obviously, I doubt that that's going to happen. But it, it, I mean, how fantastic would it be, though? Like, uh, like Mike Tomlin said, you never say never, right? <laughs> never say never. Never say never, but never. But uh, yes, I'm I'm with you. I, I think I think Ole Miss would be more likely to call back Hugh Freeze as opposed to uh, as opposed to calling Dan Mullen. But we we shall see. Um, two other ones that I got on the list: uh, Seth Luttrell at North Texas. Uh, it looks like that thing is about done, which is crazy to think about because he was such a hot name when Graham Harrell was his offensive coordinator. Everybody thought Seth Luttrell was the brains behind that. Nope, that appears to be Harrell. Um, and if that job comes open, I would not doubt that Harrell might be the first call that they make uh, at North Texas and go and grab him from USC. Now, was Harold's stock bumped up so much that he might be up for uh, some lower-level uh, P5 jobs, you know, some jobs that might be bigger than North Texas? Possibly. Uh, I doubt it, though. I think he would go back to North Texas. And, uh, and Chip Lindsey at Troy. Uh, what he is doing with a roster that talented is criminal. He has more than enough players. To be able to be successful at Troy, their offense is like number 111 in points per drive right now. I mean, it is it is putrid what they're doing. And he's supposed to be an offensive guy. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. The reason he got the job is because he had so many ties to recruiting in the state. And they have one of the most talented rosters in all of the Sun Belt. And, and he can't find a way to get this thing done. So I, his seat is getting pretty hot. Troy does not like losing. And I, I'm sure that you know that. I mean, going back all the way to Larry Blakeney. Uh, you know, yep. and, and then they had Neil Brown after that. Like, Neil Brown did great things. That thing was set up for whoever came in to be successful, and his coaching decisions have cost them way, way too many ball games. So, Chip Lindsey, he's uh, likely on the way out. I have no idea who Troy would go after, but uh, but that is another one to watch. So, that is uh, that is seven more jobs that we, we could kind of expect to open up. Um, Chris, we got to talk. Uh, before we jump into the NFL stuff, we got to talk about James Franklin. And I'm sure that everybody saw this. Apparently, this went down a couple months ago. But he has changed agents. He has gone from Trace Armstrong over to the mega agent, Jimmy Sexton. And along with that, because, of course, that news breaks uh, yesterday or today or whenever it was, that stuff goes on, and then he has a press conference on Tuesday where he is explaining to everybody that, no, no, these other jobs are not the reason why we lost this game. I am fully focused on the job at hand. And this man, in his press conference, misspoke and said that he uh, he is he and his team are focused completely on Illinois and this team and this program. Now, of course, everybody knows that Penn State played Illinois last week, and they play Ohio State this week. And on top of that, he said uh, he slipped and called Ohio Stadium the big house, which we all know is actually Michigan Stadium. So instead of calling it the horseshoe, he called it the big house, and that's a misspeak, and we get that. And and the Illinois thing is a misspeak as well. This is... This is a man that is normally very controlled and very on top of things. And in this press conference setting where he is being asked about him looking around at other jobs, he just completely lost it. Uh, do you think that he might be focused on some of these other things outside of football right now? No, but I think he's, I think he's 
not ha- I do think he's looking at other jobs, okay? But I think you can look at other jobs and still try to do your job well, all right? So those two things aren't part and parcel uh, uh, separated from one another, okay? I, I think that he is not handling being asked about them because he doesn't know how to lie. He's a very bad liar. And that's a good quality to have, by the way. I think he's uncomfortable. And I will tell you this. I, how do you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this around because I don't, I don't know. How would you answer these questions if you were actively interested in a job that was open and you were, and you were trying to do the job you were doing? You're not certain you're going to get the job that's open. And so you're constantly being asked about these other jobs. How would you respond every week? I think the perfect response, we've seen other coaches do this. The perfect response is, I am the coach at Penn State, and I am focused on being the coach at Penn State. It's not a denial. It's not anything else. It is, you don't bring up the other teams. You don't bring up anything that can be misspeak or anything else. You just say, I am focused on this job. I am the coach at Penn State. Period. End of sentence. If something changes with that, obviously you guys will know. But I am the coach at Penn State, and I plan on being the coach at Penn State. I mean, it's a very, very simple. You don't have to mention the stadium that you're going to play in. You don't have to mention the team that you're going to play. None of that. Yeah, it's very simple stuff. But I do understand being uncomfortable in a situation if you don't want to be asked about this stuff, right? I don't think anybody would. But I think there's ways that he could handle it. Clay Travis was on the next round, which is uh, a new startup uh, show out of Birmingham. It's uh, the guys that used to be on uh, WJOX. And and he told them, and, and he's personal friends with James Franklin uh, from back when Franklin was at uh, Vanderbilt over in Nashville. And he said that he like he thought this before the season that Franklin is is ready to leave Pennsylvania. Like he is, it, yeah. it's time. Um, the resources and whatnot that are being put in at Ohio State and at Michigan and other teams in the Big Ten, uh, Penn State is is not going to be able to match what they are doing. So his one time of winning the Big Ten, he may not have the resources or the recruiting uh, resources to be able to to mimic that again. So. So my my guess is, yes, he is going to look at taking one of these other jobs, whether it's USC or LSU, but he has stated openly in the past that his goal is to be the first black head coach to win a national championship, and I don't know that you can get that done at Penn State. I think you can probably get it done maybe at USC, and you can definitely do it at LSU if you are a good enough head coach. So that's that's my deal on that. You, You kind of feel the same? Completely agree. All right, all right. So, it is time to get into the NFL. Let's kind of run through the recap. This was kind of a dud NFL week, you know? Yep, um, bad week. NFL Week 7 recap. I asked Chris four questions coming out of the previous NFL week leading into the next week. And, uh, and Chris, you know, I, I'm going to let you answer this one first. Uh, what on earth was the best game of the weekend? Um... Sorry, uh, oh, you're all good. Thing. You're all good. No worries. So hey, I, that was. You got me off guard. So the best, <laughs> the best game of the weekend, or the best game of the whole week? Well, I mean the the best game of uh, Thursday through Monday. How's that? The best game of NFL I, I Week do Seven. Think, I I know. I'm biased here. I know that that Thursday night football game was a weird game, low scoring compared to what we're used to and what we like. I think that was the closest game. I think it was a fun game. 
seeing all these unnamed guys that nobody knows who they are play really well, uh, I, I thought I thought was pretty interesting. But but I'm also biased. I enjoyed watching my team play well and get a win. I can uh, I can understand that the the Saints and Seahawks on Monday night was ugly. Uh, it was a close game. It felt like every play mattered. So maybe that's something. Uh, and then the Falcons Dolphins was thirty twenty eight, and we had a uh, a couple of last minute you know uh, scores that that thought we that they won the ball. Close games because all the close games were really boring. Yes, the Falcons Dolphins uh, for uh, for the closeness of the game. Even watching that, there was nothing like that you really got excited about with it. So, I, I would say the most exciting game of the weekend. The most exciting game of the weekend was watching the Bengals. That's it. Didn't matter about close. The best game of the weekend was watching the Bengals just systematically beat the hell out of the Ravens. That's uh, so. So this gets to the next question. The most uh, surprising result, and that is one of them that I have written down, was the Bengals, uh, because that that was never. Like that was never even close. You know? <laughs> oh shit. Six hundred and five. I'll rewrite it. Sorry, man. <laughs> you're all good. No, you're good. You're, I'll come back later. You're all good. The Bengals beating up on the Ravens was one of them. Uh it was it was pretty ridiculous. Um the the other two surprising results that I had, the Titans beating the absolute mess out of the Chiefs was surprising, 27-3, to and then the Giants 25-3 to over the Panthers because I did not know that the Giants could do that to anybody, much less a Panthers team that I thought was actually pretty good. Uh, so well, those... I think we're learning two things. Hang on. Go ahead. I want to make comments on that. I think we're learning two things about those two things that you just brought up, those other two games. A, the Panthers aren't good, so we got to stop that. And B, the Chiefs aren't good either. We got to stop that. We just have to rewire our brain to understand the Chiefs aren't good at football anymore. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you are. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, there's there's nothing that We're we can take. Seven weeks now, and they have a losing record. Last week, in a game in which offense dominates everything in football, they scored three points. One of the worst defenses in the league held them without a touchdown. Yes. Derrick Henry threw for more touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes. Let's hang on. Remember a couple of years ago when they won their Super Bowl and everybody immediately started running the fingers off like LeBron James? Not one, not two, never. How many of these guys going to get? And I said, oh, whoa, whoa. Let's hold the hell on because nobody alive has more than three but one guy. One guy. So let's. Let's be real careful before we just start chalking up dynasty. The dynasty, Mike Wilbon has referred to the dynasty of one because that's what he is seeing as telling them. They're already a dynasty. They're a dynasty of one. It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He's been his entire life, one, one, year three, and everyone just said, oh, he's going to win 10 of them. Just wait. And the son of a bitch has never been back to another one, ever. It's, it's the same thing with Russell Wilson. Right, everybody thought the Seahawks were going to run off a whole bunch of them because of that defense and because what Russell Wilson was able to do with the offense a little bit, and turns out it's not as easy. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just not as easy. So what what the Patriots did with Tom Brady will never be replicated, and what Tom Brady is doing, period, may never be replicated ever again. I mean, it's just absurd what what they are able to do. Um, and so yes, that is uh. Uh, those were the most surprising results. Uh, who lost the weekend this week? 
Uh, I, I was going to say the Panthers. I was going to say the Panthers because I still thought they were good up until this weekend. Um, but I don't – that's probably not the right answer. The, the answer is probably the Chiefs. Not even being able to score on I, – I think the Titans go – see, you got to look at – because I don't know how to look at the numbers before Sunday now that Sunday has already happened. Before Sunday, I think the Titans were like 28th in defense. And they were, yeah, they were 28th that's, that's, in DVOA. Yep. Yeah, that's that's fourth from the bottom, okay? And and this god of offense, Patrick Mahomes, who who everyone oogles and ahs at. Oh, oh, look how many plays he look how look how weird he can throw the football. Nobody can stop it. They held him to nothing. They held yeah. him to a goose egg. They blanked him. Yeah. No, that's a, I'm I'm with you. Those those two that you brought up for who lost the weekend, I did not even write those two down. Uh, I put down the 49ers, 30-18 to 18 loss at home to the Colts on Sunday night coming out of a bye week. Uh, we we all thought this 49ers team was going to be back to, and I understand they got injuries, and I understand they got all this other stuff, but man, this is not a good football team right now. Uh, and, and your star quarterback that you just drafted number three overall is already hurt, already dealing with stuff, can't figure out the offense. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw like his first, it felt like his first big play ever, and, and it was in a losing effort. Like, it just, the 49ers have major, major issues. Um, and then I wrote down the Jets. Uh, and not because they lost. I mean, they, they got trounced by by the Patriots, but it wasn't that. It was that they lost Zach Wilson. You know, and he's going to be out for, for several weeks now. Uh, and it got so bad there, they're going to have to, <laughs> they went and traded for Joe Flacco. Like, they, they brought Flacco back. They brought Mr. Elite back. Uh, I don't know that it gets much much worse than that for the Jets, right? Yeah, it's pretty bad. That that's pathetic. That's pretty bad. <laughs> but the Jets are already bad, so you know. But I don't know that nothing they do surprised me. So. There, there was there was at least a little bit of hope for uh, for the Jets, but but now that has that has disappeared. Well, and, and I'll say this: I know that I keep making excuses, which at some point in time, yeah, Kyle Shanahan has to win a football game. Okay, but like that game was played the damn monsoon. Like I'm not. I'm not judging you for having a bad outing, you know. I don't know. I, I mean, to me, it, that seemed like it would have worked better for uh, for the 49ers as opposed to the Colts, and and yet, you know, here we are. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's very frustrating, uh, especially considering, you know, you and I both thought that the 49ers were going to be pretty good this year, and and they certainly yeah. are not. Uh, as far as as far as who won the weekend. Uh, I wrote down the Titans and I wrote down the Raiders. Uh, and the Raiders had to do with the one, you know, getting the win over the Eagles, uh, and they were dominant in that ball game. You were 100 percent right about that game, but they are now five and two on the season. It seems like this is a team by losing Gruden, they may have gotten better. Like, is you think that's possible? No, I don't think it's. I think they're a good football team. I think they were good. Hang on, they were five and one with Bruce. So how how can you make that claim? Well, no, they were. They they lost their last game with Gruden as head coach, and they. I think that was at three and two, and now they've won two straight without him. So so now they're okay, sitting. So at, they were three. They were. But they, all right, but the, before the emails came out, they were three and one. Right. They had lost one game. So that doesn't mean they were bad. So they were good with Gruden. They were still good with Gruden. Yeah, they just they look like a better team. Like they're they're more dominant. I don't know what it is. Like they, this looks they're like not a team. more dominant. They're playing worse teams now. Doesn't that help? 
Yeah, yeah, you you do have a point there. You do have a point. Uh, and then uh, you know the Titans are now sitting at five and two. That was the first one that I mentioned. Uh, big win over the Chiefs. They got the Colts on the road this weekend. This is a massive, massive game. Could move them to six and two. And uh, and they are, I mean, they're about as good as it gets in the uh, AFC right now. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what the Titans will look like coming off of two massive wins at home. Um, but man, that game that game at the Colts that one is looming. They've always had issues there for whatever reason. Uh, so let's move on. Let's uh, let's get into pick them. You ready to rock and roll? Yes, sir. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The biggest games of the weekend, NFL Week 8. Last week, my brother, I put up a goose egg. 0 and 8 against the spread last week. Moves me to 30 and 30 and 1 on the season. Uh, you went 4 and 4, and you are sitting at 27, 33 and 1 on the season. Uh, so, so last week, I definitely did not do myself any favors. I was rocking and rolling through the year. Not doing great anymore, so now i got to pick it back up. Let's go on and talk about game number one here. Uh, game number one is the Thursday night game. We always start off with that one, and this one is is interesting now. The Packers go to the Cardinals. Cardinals are now a six-point favorite, total of 51, odds courtesy of BetUS, where the game begins. You can go to BetUS.com, use the promo code NCAAF2021, get a 125% sign-up bonus. Uh, both teams are 5-0 and against the spread in their last five. Uh, Devontae Adams is out via COVID protocol. And, you know, when I, when I look at these two teams, that first game for the Packers is still weighing heavily on their total DVOA because they were so thoroughly dominated in that game. Arizona is number two in total DVOA. Green Bay is number 11. Now, if you take out that first game, Green Bay would actually be uh, number three if you took out just that one game. Um, so, I, you know, make of that what you will. This is supposed to be a monster matchup, and it loses a little bit of its luster because uh, Adams is out. If I'm looking at... If I'm looking at the Cardinals at home on a short week, I have to feel good about them. I don't know what to make of this Cardinals team. You and I both did not have high hopes for them coming into the season, and I think as the season goes on, that older defensive unit that they've got is eventually going to deal with some, in- I think, some injuries, I guess. I don't know. But I, I look at this. Green Bay's defense is not great. And going up against this offense, I mean, that's going to be tough. Arizona's defense is number two in DVOA. Green Bay's offense is number four, but they're losing one of their biggest weapons. I'm I'm going to roll with Arizona minus the six here. 
Like, you take away one of the biggest weapons for the team that's on the road, I'm going to have to go with the home team. So give me the Cardinals minus six. I will take the Packers. I will take Aaron Rodgers. I think they'll figure out a way to keep this thing close. It, it so so my thought process on that was because I really did think about taking the Packers. It, does it sometimes feel like when you lose a player that demands that much um, that much attention that maybe all the other players play a little bit better because you are inserting somebody that there's not a ton of film on. And and maybe they don't know exactly what to do with the guys that you got left. Does it kind of feel like that sometimes? Uh, maybe I can see that. I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun fun football game. Fun football game. The next game on the board is a 12 p.m. game, and uh, that's on Sunday uh, at 12 p.m. Central, so <laughs> one o'clock Eastern, whatever you want to call it. But this one is the Panthers at the Falcons. Divisional game. Panthers need to bounce back in the worst way. Falcons. Three-point favorite, total of 46. Falcons are 6-1 and one against the spread and straight up in their last seven against the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers, however, 8-2 and two against the spread, their last 10 on the road. Uh, Matt Rule knows what he's doing when he gets this team on the road for whatever reason. That, that game against the Giants last week scared me to death, but now that I've had a couple of days to, to process it and whatnot, I think I'm going to go back to the well with the Panthers here. I don't, I don't trust the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are a great football team. I think the Panthers are going to be able to do enough on defense uh, to keep this thing clear. I think they got a shot to win the ball game. So if you're giving me a head start, I will certainly take the head start. I'll take the Panthers plus three here. So I'm with you. We're going to agree on this one. I, I, I think that uh, this uh, Falcons team shouldn't be favored over anybody. Uh, I mean, the Falcons are number 31 in total DVOA. Uh, now, the Panthers are not much better. They're number 26. But... You know, Carolina's defense is number 11 in, in DVOA, and Atlanta's offense is number 25. So I see an advantage there. Carolina's offense is number 30 in that metric, and Atlanta's defense is number 30. So if I'm if I'm looking for an advantage, it would be Carolina's defense here. I think they can stop the Falcons, and I think that they can generate enough points somewhere uh, to be able to, to get a win or at least keep this down to a one-point two-point, whatever. And even if I push, I feel all right about it. But I, I think the Panthers are the more likely option here. So we'll we'll agree on that one. Uh, our next game up, another another nooner. And we have got, and, and we may disagree on this one. We have the Steelers heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Browns are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, total of 42-and-a-half. And, and I, I will go ahead and say this, and there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason to this because I don't think either team is great right now. I'm going to take the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers, uh, three and a half, I feel like is a little too much. I like the hook here uh, because I feel like this is a field goal game either way. All of the injuries for Cleveland brings them back closer to <laughs> to the Steelers because I don't think I don't think the Steelers are a great team, uh, but I do think that their defense is good enough to be able to slow down what Cleveland has available on offense right now. What uh, what are your thoughts? No, I think the Browns are good. I think the Browns can run the football on everybody. I know the Steelers' defensive front is pretty good, but I think this offensive line is, is is good. I think they're getting Landry back. Guys are getting healthier. Um, I think Case Keenum is a far, far better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. You are probably not wrong about that. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely not wrong about that at all. Um, 
I just I, I feel like divisional game. This one should be tight. Now I thought this with the Ravens and uh <laughs> the Bengals last week. So watch this one end up being you know forty one to seventeen or whatever. But uh but I, I'm a, I'm a roll with the Steelers. I, I got a little bit of faith in them. Uh, Tomlin's Tomlin's press conference got me fired up again. So I'm I'm in on that. Another twelve p.m. game. We have got a a big-time matchup in the AFC South. The Titans heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The Colts are a one-point underdog at home, total of 49-and-a-half. And if you just look at the numbers, like the overall season numbers, you know, you would, you would actually have Indianapolis favored in the spot by about two points. I mean, that's analytically, that's where they should be. However, I don't know of anybody that would want to... Uh, pick against the Titans right now. And I'm not going to do it. Titan, I'm going to take the Titans minus one. Both teams are 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six games. Uh, so the Colts have actually gotten a little bit better. Uh, but the Colts have not played quite the competition that the Titans have. I, I look at this as the Titans are on one of those kind of runs right now. And, and when it ends, it's going to end ugly and it's going to be bad. This is still a team that lost to the Jets. So let's, let's not get carried away with them. But a massive win over the Chiefs, a massive win over the Bills, and now you have to go on the road. It's going to be tough, but I, I expect the Titans to get a win here. They have won their last two at Indianapolis uh, in kind of blowout fashion. I I kind of expect the same here. I'm going to roll with the Titans maybe by a touchdown and the fact that I'm only having to give up one, I feel all right about. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Titans to win this game. I, I, I don't know if they'll blow them out, but I think it'll be a close game. Um, I still don't trust Carson Wentz. I don't. I don't care what they look like. Carson still looks bad. And they, I mean, their biggest thing is they have been able to run the football with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's yeah. what they did against the 49ers the other night. Eighty percent of their offense has been Carson throwing it up and guys getting uh, defensive uh, pass interference. Yes, that's, that's how they move. Go look at the yards that they got in penalties uh, against the 49ers. That's how they move the football on them. That is not sustainable. Yeah, yeah, I could, uh, I could 100% see that. Um, you know, they they have found ways to win, and this is one of those spots. You know, it, we we always talk about hangovers and whatnot. I, I thought the Titans might have one after a big win over the Bills against the Chiefs, and turns out the Chiefs are just not a very good football team. So, you know, I, does the hang does the hangover ever hit the Titans, or are they just on one of those runs where uh, nobody's going to beat them right now? And that's kind of what it oh, looks like. Oh, one day it's probably going to hit them. Oh, eventually. Eventually. But I don't know when that is, and I ain't going to take them, you know, I'm not going to take them to lose this weekend. I will tell you that. We are going to move to the afternoon slate, and we're going to start off with the New England Patriots heading over to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Chargers, a five-and-a-half point favorite at home. Total of 49 here, which uh, seemed like a lot of points. Uh, until you saw exactly what the Patriots' offense did last week, and and honestly, all season, if they had not been fumbling the football in some of the worst possible spots, then then they could have put up a ton more points than they have in some of these games. Uh, the Patriots are five and zero against the spread in their last five against the Chargers. Uh, none of that matters because all of that was with uh, Tom Brady and whatnot. <laughs> so so you know, but uh, what do you make of that? Nothing. Um, I I look at this matchup. And I am still not a big fan of what the Chargers are doing. Like, I think that they're, they're a good team, not a great team. 
And that's kind of where I see New England. Um, New England, as far as total DVOA, is actually a better team. They're number 13 overall. The Chargers are number 17. Uh, New England's offense is better than the Chargers' defense. Uh, the New England defense, just a little bit worse than the Chargers' offense. I I look at this as a team that we don't know what to expect out of the Patriots. I think that they will be able to keep this game close. I think they could actually win the game outright. And the fact that I'm getting five and a half, I feel pretty good about. I'm going to take the Patriots plus the five and a half here. Uh, two young quarterbacks, you know, Mac Jones and Justin Herbert. I I expect a, a showcase here. So I'm I'm gonna roll with the Patriots to be able to uh to keep this within five and a half and and maybe win the ball game. Yeah, I think the Pats have a chance to win the ball game too. I'm gonna take the, the head start as well. I'm going in with you. Uh this is an interesting thought. Uh this will be the largest collection of Boston transplants in the in the country, uh uh going to um the new stadium in LA. <laughs> I did not I did not think of that. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're projected to have 50,000 Pats fans there. Unbelievable. The Staples Center doesn't hold that, you know, and, and, and you know, Boston fans have shown up for Lakers games, and Clip, well, really Clippers games over the years and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, not, none, none of the other arenas around the country really have held that, that, that the team would travel to. This is it. That is, they are expecting 50,000 Pats fans. They are going to overwhelm the Chargers fans. I can get down with it. I can get down with it. Uh, another another point of advantage here, uh, New England number 12 in special teams DVOA, and the Chargers are dead last in the NFL in that metric. So if you're looking for another form of an advantage here, uh, that would be one of them. That would certainly be one of them. Uh, we got three more games that we're going to hit here before we do our Super Contest picks. Let's go on a move to a little later in the afternoon. And the Bucks are headed to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints are a five-point underdog at home. Total of fifty. Saints are five and one against the spread. Their last six uh, against the Bucks. And the Bucks fourteen and one straight up in their last fifteen. Ten and one straight up in their last eleven on the road. Uh, but we ain't talking straight up. We're talking against the number here. Hey, Chris, I, I have done this week in and week out, and. I cannot seem to figure out this Bucks team. When I bet against them, they win big. When I bet on them, they don't cover by like a point. And it is becoming irritating. I, I think in this spot, this is I'm, I'm going to roll with the Saints again. I keep doing this week after week. I think this is a big-time matchup for them. They're going to have a lot of people in the homestands. I, I like the Saints team. Like, they have found ways to win ballgames that they probably shouldn't. And and I'm going to trust them here. I don't I don't trust them to be able to get the win. I trust them to make this a field goal game. I think Jameis Winston against this secondary uh, is going to have success, uh, much more so than the Bears did last week. I actually trust Jameis Winston to throw a pass. I do not uh, anymore trust Justin Fields and Matt Nagy's offense to do that. So uh, so I was on the wrong side with the with the Bears last week. But but I'll take the Saints at home plus five. I think I think this will be a close ball game. We disagree. You just keep don't believing in Tom Brady. I'm telling you what, man. I don't. I don't know what you have to do to convince somebody that the guy's the greatest quarterback of all time. But he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Hang on. Let, let, let's talk about something for a minute, okay? Okay. He. He not only. Tom Brady's not only the greatest quarterback of all time, right? He has done this so long. He's the first human being ever to be one 
and and every other human alive against Father Time. All right. And then last week we saw something totally different. Totally different. Gary, did you see the sign? Did you see the boy with the sign? Yes, I did. Tom Brady cured his cancer. <laughs> we we got a we got a building that's worth a hundred billion dollars. It's about nine miles away from me right now, okay? It's, it's true. That is that is that is built with its sole purpose in mind of trying to cure childhood cancer. And Tom did it. Tom beat cancer. <laughs> I don't I don't know I do not know how else to tell I've been I've been trying to evangelize about this man my entire existence. Since I've done it for twenty years, and nobody will listen. He's the greatest. He's not just the greatest football player. He's not just the greatest quarterback. He's just the best at everything that that you ever want to measure somebody by. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm I'm not going to disagree with that at all. I fully expect him to you, put up points. Um, you just keep betting against. Him. But I, I am going to bet against him in this spot. <laughs> so you think you think the Bucks? Defense isn't excited about playing against Jameis. Yes, I I think that they are. Um, I just don't trust their their secondary right now. I don't. <laughs> that's, I trust Jameis to throw the ball to their secondary. Uh, that that is probably a much more likely outcome. Um, but you can know, you name a good team that the Saints have beat? Not not as good as the Bucks. Can you name a good team the Saints have beat? Uh, do we consider the Patriots a good team? No. No, nah, probably no, not. We okay. Don't. Well, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> that's that's impossible. Uh, <laughs> the only good teams that they've played, they have been beaten by. So, uh, if you look at DVOA, by the way, uh, Tampa Bay number four overall and New Orleans number seven overall. Um, you know, at, at really that New Orleans defense is what I'm kind of hinging it on, but I, I do expect Tom to put up points there, and New Orleans has a special teams advantage, uh, number nine to number twenty-three in that regard. So, uh, so I'll roll Saints and you'll roll Bucks, and uh, and I don't I don't have to win, I just have to cover, uh, and that's that's kind of what I'm counting on here. So, uh, Sunday night football. Let's go on and dive into this one. Sunday night football. We have got the Cowboys heading to Minnesota, take on the Vikings. Vikings are a three-point underdog at home. Total of 55, Vikings 5-1 and one against the number of the last six against the Cowboys. Uh, the the Cowboys here are 5-0 and oh against the spread, or sorry, 6-0 and oh against the spread in their last six games. They are rolling so far this year. Um, I think I even wrote that number down. I think, I think they have not lost. Uh, I, I think they've covered every game this season. The Cowboys have. And I kind of expect them to do it again here. I'm going to roll Cowboys minus three. Uh, the Vikings, you know, got a got a much needed win a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was. Um, I even with the, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of this. Like, I, <laughs> I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three. I think their offense is significantly better than the Vikings, uh, and their defense is playing well right now. Uh, Diggs has been unbelievable at cornerback. I I'm going to take the Cowboys, and uh, and I feel I feel all right about this. So I'm I'm rolling with that. What uh what you got here? Uh, the only logic for this is, is that all good things must come to an end, and this line stinks like shit. There's no reason on earth for the Cowboys to be a three point favorite here. The the Cowboys should be a substantially better, bigger favorite than three points. They just should. Well, that, that, well, all right. So so not totally 
right? Uh, so let let's give two points for home field advantage, um, and and if you look at the analytics, Minnesota is number twelve in total DVOA. Dallas is number five. Uh, but if you go offense versus defense, Minnesota's offense is actually number 12. Like, they've been insanely efficient. They had not put a bunch of points up on the board, uh, but they're number 12 in offensive efficiency, and Dallas's defense is number 10. And then if you look on the other side, Dallas's offense is number 3 in offensive efficiency in total DVOA, and Minnesota's defense is actually number 6 in the NFL. So it's it's not that outlandish. Um, but I, I, I know you can't see right now, but I'm just rolling the shit out of my eyes. <laughs> Because I don't care. Okay, I watch these teams play football, Gary. That's I watch same. them play football. And Dallas is so far, far, far better than Minnesota. But somebody in Vegas thinks that this game is going to be a lot closer than that. Yeah, I think you're I'm right. I'm going with those guys. Okay, so you, you go take also, the Vikings. I also would venture to say that, I don't know, come close to game time, 70 80% of the, the whole world will be on the Dallas Cowboys. So... I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go with. I think the house is gonna need the Vikings, and I'm gonna go with the house. That's that's my only logic. Is that what you want? That would that would make sense. Um, let me let me make sure that the line has not moved since we've since we've been talking. Uh, nope, nope. It's uh, it's actually Cowboys minus three, and now it's juiced at minus one hundred five. So, uh, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, you know, I feel good about the Cowboys. Um. But I can I can understand why the line would be where it is just based on numbers. Uh, but yes, the Cowboys are a, a just way better team, way better team. Uh, let's do Monday Night Football right quick, and then we'll do our Super Contest picks. Monday night, we have a uh, a banger of a matchup, I guess you could say. The Giants heading to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Giants are actually the team with momentum at this point. Of course, coming off that big win against the Panthers last week, and the Chiefs have looked like absolute hammer dog shit here lately. Uh, The Chiefs, even with all that said, are a 10-point favorite at home against the Giants. Total of 52, the Giants. 8-1 against the number of the last nine, and and 5-1 against, or 5-1 straight up in the last six against the Chiefs. Um, it, It... I don't know that you could, if you had put out six or seven, I still probably would have taken the Giants here because I, I think the Chiefs, their their entire idea of what their team is is broken right now. I, this defense could not stop me and you lining up to run plays. Like, it is it is really, really bad. And how they have not fired their D.C., I have no idea. No idea. But they are bad. I mean, just really, really bad. I'm going to take the Giants plus the 10 here. Um, and that might be a sucker's bet because I kind of thought this would open at 7. But, you know, again, you start looking at numbers and and it makes sense because, you know, overall, just how explosive this Kansas City offense can be, it makes it makes numerical sense to make them a 10-point favorite. But to me, I don't see it. I, I'm not going to bet on the Chiefs again. Like, I got the one cover with, the, with them against the Eagles earlier this year. Uh, this is, you know... This Giants team ain't ain't awful, so I will I will take uh, I will take the Giants plus the ten here. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have I have bet against the Chiefs every week this year, and uh, and I've, I've blown one cover. That's it. I've won the rest. Yeah, I, I just think they're a better football team. The Kansas City offense through the first five weeks of the season uh, was number one in total DVOA. After the last two weeks, they are all the way down to number five. 
and and don't get me wrong. The Giants... I, I misspoke just then. I just said I think they're the better football team. They're the Giants are not a better football team than the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are wildly, wildly overrated. They are. They're going through some some growing pains right now. I think. Like I think there's just there's something there's something weird going on with them. Uh, now could I absolutely uh, see? Let, let me let me ask you a different question. Okay. okay? I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a question about about somebody on the Chiefs. But do you do you think people are more like the people they hang out with, or less like the people they hang out with? Uh, I. I I think that's a pretty easy answer. I, th- I think more like the people that they hang out with. Okay. Yeah. So, so the the entire universe, for the most part, believes that Patrick Mahomes' brother and his wife are kind of douchebags. But and they all keep saying, "Oh, it sucks because they're kind of sully in the good name of Patrick." Patrick seems like an unbelievable guy. But at what point do we say, mm, "I'm going to bet one of these people he's lived with his entire life, and the other one he's chosen." To live with the rest of his life. I'm going to bet he's more like those people that we find to be douchebags than not. I I would say this. I think that Patrick Mahomes is better at hiding it. Oh uh, no doubt, no but, doubt. But but he no, has he's the... unbelievably likable in those State Farm commercials. But Aaron Rodgers was really likable for a long time in all those commercials too. And then finally, Rodgers said, "I'm tired of hiding the fact that I'm a dick. I just want to be a dick to people." That's okay, and I'm just going to be a dick. I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I I don't like it. Rogers to me is great. Like when he goes on McAfee show, um, like I I think you know I appreciate guys that are honest about who they are. Uh, I don't know that we've uh, ever, I don't think he's honest about who he is, but that's fine. I I don't know that we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes have to come out and be honest about who he is, right? Like well, he's never he's no, never really he's been in that setting. A nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He's always a nice guy. Yeah, and it plays well for him, you know. Peyton Manning did that. It's kind of the same thing. Like just yeah, keep but Peyton Manning is. Hang on now. Peyton Manning is a nice guy. That's the difference. Agreed. And agreed. If one guy is playing a nice guy on TV for the crowd. The other guy has been a public figure for thirty something years, and we have record of the fact that he's just really a good dude. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, no one hangs out with Peyton and looks around and says, man, you know the people that Peyton surrounds himself with? These guys are dicks. That's true. No one's ever done that. <laughs> They're all is... like, oh, man, these guys are awesome dudes, just like him. That is, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. <laughs> it is an interesting question. Uh, so I guess I guess we'll see. Like, uh, Monday night, we'll see what's going on. Chiefs, 10-point favorites. We're both riding with the uh, with the Giants here. Let's dive into... The Super Contest picks each week. Chris and I make our five official plays against the spread. And, Chris, I'm going to start us off this week. Well, here, let me let me go and do this. I went one and four last week. Uh, not great, but I did get at least one win, so that was good. Uh, overall, 19 and 16 on the season. Uh, Chris, you went four and one last week, and that puts you at 18, 15, and two on the year. So we're, you know, we're profitable right now. Uh, it's not It's not a big profit. But it is still making money, so that's good. Uh, I'm going to start us off. I'm going to take the Patriots plus five and a half at the Chargers. We already talked about this game, um, but I, I think the number's a little bit too high. Uh, like you said, there's going to be a bit of a home field advantage for the Patriots in Los Angeles, and 
And I think this is this is two quarterbacks that are really finding their way that are that are knocking this thing out. I think we're going to see points. I mean, there's a reason why the total sits at uh, at, at uh, 49 here. Uh, I could totally see this going. You know, both teams in the 30s. Um, I I think the Patriots can keep this within five and a half. I think they can win the game outright. I'm going to start off with Detroit. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I thought at home they were going to you know play well against the Bengals, get their first win. Uh, I maybe underrated the Bengals uh, in, in that, and, and I should never do that again. This week, they are getting their first win. They're catching three points. They got the Eagles coming to town. Detroit's winning the football game. Dan Campbell gets his victory. That was actually my second pick here, uh, and it's in currently the line at BetUS, uh, which you know is where the game begins, and you can find the link in the uh, in the description. So go sign up at BetUS. Uh, it's actually three and a half. So I'm gonna give you the hook here uh, because I'm taking the hook as well. Lions plus three and a half for me as well. Uh, they are playing really well right now. Uh, they don't have a bunch of names on the team, but this is a team that looks you know better as a full unit, and and I think they're gonna get the win. So I'm I'm taking them as well. What's uh what's game number two for you? Game number two for me. I'll, I'll stay with the uh, the Bengals uh, riding that hot hand, baby. Um, Bengals minus ten and a half. It's a big number on the road. It's crazy right yes it's absolutely crazy but the jets are bad the jets are falling apart at the seams and joe flacco ain't fixing it this is um this is turning into one of those weeks where we are looking at the same games <laughs> i also have the Bengals minus 10 and a half uh i already bet them at minus 10 but that line has grown i expect it to get closer to like 13 or so by kickoff i don't think it matters uh zach wilson was was doing some good things with the Jets. Uh, without him, yeah. I have no idea how they score. No idea, because this Bengals defense is really, really good. Uh, I don't expect them to be able to score here. And and I think the Bengals, I mean, they could put up three touchdowns and, and cover this. Like, I, I really think the, the Jets might score single digits here. So, so I will take... Well, uh, the problem is the Bengals are going to put up about five touchdowns. Yeah, they, exactly. So I'm, I'm rolling Bengals minus 10.5 as well. Uh, I'll go on and give you... Uh, my fourth bet here, um, before we get to your third, uh, I'm going to take the Panthers plus three at the Falcons. Uh, I, I think this is a bounce-back spot. I don't think the Panthers are nearly as bad as they looked last week against the Giants, uh, but I also don't think that the Falcons are as good as as they have appeared in some of these wins here lately. They've been beating bad teams. I expect them to kind of come back down to earth. Uh, you get a little more comfortable when you get at home, and the Panthers, for whatever reason, play better on the road. So I'm going to take the Panthers plus three. I think that they can actually get a win here, uh, and I, I kind of expect them to. So I'll, I'll take the Panthers plus three. I want to take the Bucks minus five at the Saints. I think the Bucks are rolling. They're one of the best teams in football. They've got the best quarterback in football, and uh, they've got one of the best defenses going. I think uh, Jameis Winston is going to have a big, big problem. I uh, so this is my last bet. I'm I'm going opposite of you on that. I like the Saints plus five. I think they're going to keep it close. Um, I, you know, at home, I think they might have a shot to win. I doubt it, um, but I do think that this will be a close ball game. This felt like a field goal game either way uh, because of that Saints defense. So I will I will take the Saints plus five. You still have two more on the board. What uh what are your last two? I'm going to take the Packers plus six and a half at the Cards. I think uh, I think Aaron Rodgers. Um, come through. Every team in the NFL eventually falls, and I think the Cardinals will fall this weekend. And my last one, I'm taking my Brownies against your Steelers. They're at home. Stefanski's the better coach. 
I've got the better quarterback. I've got the better defense. I've got the better players all the way across the board. I'll take my brownies covering the three and a half. I can get down with that. I can get down with it. Okay. Okay. Now, obviously, I said earlier, I like the Steelers. I still kind of do. Uh, but would it surprise me if this ended up being like a 21-17 to 17 game where, where the Browns get the win? Nope, not in the slightest. It's why I didn't have them as an official play uh, for me. So, uh, quick rundown. I had the Pats plus 5.5, Panthers plus 3, Bengals minus 10.5, Saints plus 5, and Lions plus 3.5. Chris has Lions plus 3.5, Bengals minus 10, Bucks minus 5, Packers plus 6.5, and, and the Browns minus 3.5. Uh, Chris, anything that you want to hit before uh, we hop off here and I close out this show? No, sir. That's it, brother. That sounds good. All right, Chris, we'll talk to you later on. All right. So let's go ahead and close this thing up. We appreciate you guys watching the show. If you would, so kindly go ahead and like the video for us and make sure you are subscribed to the channel and hit the notification bell. It lets you know when we go live. We do the show on Wednesdays, on Fridays, and, of course, our college football reaction show on Sundays. Of course, go and check out the BetUS College Football Show that I do Wednesdays and Thursdays. Chris knocks out the uh, the SBR College Football Show, and that one is on Mondays and on Saturdays right now. I uh, don't believe they're doing the midweek show right now uh, until they get the YouTube stuff back up. So either way, go over to the SBR uh, Twitter page and check out Chris over there for uh, for his college football show. And... Of course, the show brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins, America's top premier sports book. Go and check them out. Use the promo code NCAAF2021 to get 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sports book exclusive. You can click the link in the description, and it's going to put the promo code in there for you. Oh, we've got another fun weekend of football coming up. I cannot wait. Don't forget to come in for the Friday morning show. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one as well, talking a lot of fun college football games this weekend, of course. And if, like I said, the BetUS show and the SBR show, we're going to talk about all the biggest matchups. We always do our off-the-radar pick'em uh, between Chris and myself, and, and it's a whole lot of fun because we talk about the games that are not being discussed at a bunch of the bigger platforms. So make sure that you're here for that, along with the preview, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, share out the show. Tell your friends about it, all that good stuff. And, uh, and let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. You guys have been fantastic. We appreciate all of you for watching the show. Again, subscribe. We're trying to hit that 5,000 mark on YouTube. If, uh, if you would so kindly, again, tell your friends all that wonderful stuff. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.